I want us to think about the words that we're singing here. Um, great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Right before that, we were singing, we pour out our hearts. We're pouring out our hearts. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I sing songs, I feel the tension between the reality of the words and the reality of what we're doing. And, and between the gap between this part and this part is almost embarrassing sometimes. So I think we all, at some level, we register that, and maybe that's why we're not actually singing. Maybe that's why we're not actually opening our mouths, is because we're not sure if we can actually do that. So how do you get from a place where you're half-hearted, where you're singing the songs, but you're really not reflecting the content of those songs in a real way? Well, you start by actually bringing yourself into a spiritual reality. When David worshipped God and he, he abandoned himself and he stripped off his noble clothing and he danced before the Lord and his wife was appalled and he said, it was before the Lord that I did this. I, I think in his mind he's saying, I don't know what you were doing, but for me, you may think I was doing this for the people, you may think I was doing this as a part of a procession, but this was unto the Lord, that all the natural trappings of this thing didn't define what this moment was. What this moment was, was me pouring myself out before the most holy God, because He is worthy. And I think everybody else was thinking about it in terms of, well, this is this this is this ceremonial thing we are doing. This is this obligatory worship. We, these are the words we must say on this procession. And David's like, no, no, it's none of those things. This is us coming before a holy God. And so David was able to bring himself, his consciousness, into the scenario to say, I am doing this to the Lord. And that's what we can do this morning. That's what we can say. This moment is prepared to give an offering to the Lord. And so let's pull ourselves out of every other framework, every other interpretation of what this might be, and say, this is unto the Lord. We, I'm going to make an offering right now of my worship unto the Lord. So let's say that right now. Lord, I'm going to make an offering right now to you. I'm going to make an offering. Let's make a decision. This is going to be an offering unto the Lord. This is a moment we are giving to the Lord. Lord, we will pour out our hearts. We will say, great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. Great. Great. Great is the Lord. We're going to continue worshiping in a second. But I feel there's a call of God on this room today. And I keep getting this picture of the feet of a man on an escalator that's, that's going down. I don't, as kids, we used to try to, when we saw an escalator, to go the opposite way. So, you know, to, to run the opposite way and see if we could actually go up a, a stairway coming down. But I see these feet on this escalator, this moving escalator, you know, like at the airports and malls. And, and if you make it your aim 
to maintain the status quo, you end up at the bottom. If you make it your aim to hold on to what you have, you end up at the very bottom. And that's the nature of the world in which we live, that there is a principle of death and sin around us such that anything you get that's brand new, if you don't actually do something to energize it, to move it forward, it will start to degrade. As soon as it's fabricated, as soon as something enters into this realm, it begins to degrade. And what God has given us is not the ability to maintain the status quo. We're not trying to maintain the emotional energy we had from a touch of God 10 years ago or 15 years ago. We need a fresh one today. The mercies of God are new every morning. And if you try to just hold on to what happened, you know, even yesterday, it's already degrading. It's already passing away. And what God has given us is access to something that is new every morning. And so we, we are leaning into God because we're saying, God, I don't want to make my life maintaining the status quo. I want the next wave. I want the next wave. I want more. God, you have given us the power to see the curse of death and sin reversed in the earth. You have given us access to eternal life. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we have seen the effects of the touch of eternal life. But, Lord, we're not living in the wake of the effect of eternal life. We want to live in the river of eternal life that's flowing, that's flowing, that's flowing. So, Lord, we say more. More of you, more of you. God, we need more of you. Help me, God. Help me, God. Help me, God. I want to reach into that invisible realm and say, God, I need more of you. So see yourself taking a step off that descending escalator to the next step and start increasing that pace. See yourself, I'm stepping out of the status quo. I'm stepping out of yesterday's songs. I'm stepping out of yesterday's experience. I'm, it was good, but it was for yesterday. But Lord, I want the manna that you have for today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Shake off everything that hinders. You know, this call is going out further than this room. I'm going to share some things later about what happened this week in Kansas City. But I want Kathleen to come here because the Lord woke her up last night and spoke to her about something. And I believe it ties into this and told her to pray a certain way. And, uh, and so just share what the Lord told you to do. He woke me up with this song playing, Wake Up Child. And I was like, hey, great. Love waking up to the songs in my head. And then it went deeper. And I saw the spirit of death trying to hit households. And I heard, step into those households in the spirit. You have that authority to step into a stranger's household in the spirit and declare the life over it. Wake up! Oh, wake up! No more slumber! Hear God coming! Do not miss it! I declare, spirit of affliction, you are gone. And I declare, spirit of death, you cannot stand in the way of life. 
wake up. Wake up, Spruce Grove. Wake up, Parkland County. Wake up, church. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up to your destiny. Wake up to your destiny. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now listen, let's pause for a second. I know for some of you, you're thinking, what kind of church is this? What is this all about? What are we doing? You know, when, uh, when somebody came, they saw Jesus doing the miracles, and they saw him laying hands on the sick, and they saw the sick being healed. But then this man comes, and he says to Jesus, he says, I have a servant who's sick, and he's ready to die. And Jesus said, all right, lead, lead the way. I'll come to your house. He said, no, it's not necessary. It's not necessary because I believe that the power, the authority that you have to heal right here goes over space and time. I believe it travels. I believe that my servant doesn't need to be here. That was revolutionary. Nobody thought that way. It was always it was always cause and effect that was immediate. You put your hands, the power goes out, then healing. And this guy saw something nobody else saw. He said, authority is not limited to space and time. I wish the church could understand that. Your authority as a believer to declare life is not limited to space and time. What if you had the power to pray in the, in the secret of your closet and it'll affect the world? Well, I, I kind of believe that. If we believed it, we would do it. If we believed it, we would do it. If we actually believed it, we would do it. And God is saying, come on, church. I'm bringing you into a realm of affecting the world. Death is creeping into houses, your neighbors, your cousins, your family, your co-workers. Death is coming in with cancer. Death is coming in with sickness. Death is coming in with depression. Death is coming in with condemnation. Death is coming in with sexual defilement. Death is coming in with incest and perversion. Death is creeping into the houses. And you have the power to reverse it. Are you going to do nothing? I've given you the word of the Lord. I've given you authority. I put life in you, and I said, open your mouth and speak. So, Lord, we say, we say, let death be reversed. God, we say, let sickness, let depression, let the occult be rolled back. Yes. Lord, we want to be at least as faithful as the centurion. We want to believe. We want to believe. So let's do that. Lord, we bless. We bless your children. We bless our brothers and sisters. We bless the Alliance Church, Spruce Grove Alliance. Lord, we bless the Baptist Church. Lord, we bless Parkland Baptist. We bless, Father, God, the Lutheran Church across town. God, we bless, uh, Lord, Stony Plain, the churches of Stony Plain. God, we bless every son and child of God. We say, Lord, let the river of life spring up in this region. Spring up in them. Spring up in them. Now, a part of the challenge that we have this morning is we're accustomed to the church being like our educational system. You go to a class and you sit and you learn, you take notes. But, you know, if if you're developed and you're trained in that environment, then you go into the work world you know, when you go into the work world, everything changes. You're actually required to do something now with the knowledge you've acquired. And it's not that you don't learn new things, but action becomes more important than theory. 
And the church, you know, we have been we have been content to rest in an environment where everything is sort of ritual, everything is ceremonial, everything is about some other more time when we'll be effective. But no, he said, my house will be a house of prayer. My house will be a house of spiritual action. My house will be a place where words of faith are released that shape the course of history. You know, the enemy doesn't mind if we sit around taking notes and learning new things as long as we never do anything with it. It is really interesting that we came to this place. I believe this is a significant time because within, in, the, in the last two weeks, this song has come to me three or four times. And I, as I prayed about it, I, I began to feel, the Lord began to say to me uh, that, that there was a demonic attack that came against our body when we began to sing this song in faith. The attack began with, who do you think you are? The attack with came that, you know, and it's like, uh, it's like this, uh, this defilement that you don't have the right to sing this as though we were singing it out of our own accomplishment. What I'm singing, I'm singing because of the blood of Jesus. What I'm singing is because I am seated in heavenly places. And I'm seated there not because of what I can do, but because of what Jesus said about me. And that spirit comes, like it comes to David and says, says, who do you think you are standing up against Goliath? You should cower in fear like the rest of us. Because the enemy doesn't care where you go when you die. I mean, he does care. He's going to try and keep you from being saved. But if that's, you know, if he, if he can keep you from being effective in this life, that's his next goal, if he can't keep you from being saved. And we're on the cusp of a generation stepping in to being the manifestation of the church, being the manifestation of the body of Jesus Christ, being the manifestation of the expression of his hands, his mouth, his his authority, His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And so we are saying, Lord, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. And so this morning, if something rose up in you of an embarrassment, of a sheepishness, I, I'm not sure I can sing those songs. You know, who am I? I have these sin issues. I have this problem. I have pride. I have, I have weakness. You have all those things. So just step out of it and step into the glory. Just step out of it. That's not your destiny. That's where you're coming from. That's what you're coming from into this other thing. This other thing is what he has provided by his blood, by his sacrifice on the cross. And so, God, we're not going to defame. We're not going to disregard the sacrifice. We're going to make full use of what you did. Are you willing to do that? I'm going to stop the navel gazing about what's wrong with me. Yeah, there's things wrong with me. And when the Holy Spirit puts his finger on it, I'm going to quickly repent and I'm going to shift. But he's not sitting there. He's not the accuser hanging over your life and anchoring you to yesterday. That's the enemy. So step in. Step in. Lord, we say life, 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 resurrection life, resurrection life. Lord, let it, let it come out of every part of our being. Oh, God, let it come out of every part of our being. May we be saturated with the love and the life of Jesus Christ, who died and rose again on our behalf and conquered death. Can you say amen? Let's, let's shout amen. Amen! amen.
Lord, we receive. We receive. Now, one, one last thing. So, Lord, we receive that for this body, for this nation. And we say, Lord, we will stop cursing our nation. You know, we, we've agreed with what the enemy wants to do with this nation. You know, we've looked at the situation politically. We look, looked at circumstances socially, we, economically, and we've agreed with the dire prognostications of the enemy. And the Lord always comes with a promise, but it's always easier to believe the negative outcomes because it's consistent with the reality of the world around us. It's, death is consistent throughout the world, and so it's easy to come into line with that. And God is saying, listen, I want you to be a part of a generation. It's His life. Life is greater than death. Can you say amen? Yeah. Amen. Let me just remind you again of the Scriptures. When uh, Israel, and they often faced military threat. They often faced extinction as a people. And uh, what we see is that one time where they're facing the, this enemy that keeps harassing them. And the prophets in the chambers of the king, and they tells the king, says, take these, these, these arrows and hit the ground. And the king's like, oh, okay, some weird spiritual thing. So I'm going to hit the ground with these, these arrows. And he didn't understand the connection between the relevance of this to the military battle that was going to happen a couple of weeks from now. And so he, he, didn't, he didn't value the effect or the, what he was doing. He thought, oh, it's just a ritual. It's like a punctuation point, you know, in the name of Jesus. Uh, you know, it's just this thing we do in church. And when he didn't strike with all of his might, with all of his heart, and when he only struck three times, the prophet was angry. And he, he's like, how did you not understand what this was? Like, this is the prophet's surprised that he doesn't understand. I think the same could be said for us. We've been taught that, you know, this is... This is all about uh, theory, that we come and we sing and, you know, we're celebrating a future event. One day we're going to get to go to heaven, and in the meantime, we're going to try to be good. That's not what this is about. We, the church, are the gate of heaven. We, the church, our faith, our interaction with the God who's looking for those who worship in spirit and truth, is the point at which He is manifesting His presence on earth. And He said, I'm, I'm going to have an expression of this over which the gates of hell can't prevail. That's what's happening. And so, we just want to say today, right now, to the Lord, Lord, Holy Spirit, teach us how to be a relevant expression to shift the world around us. We don't want to just sing, we will shape history. We want to shape history. So, Lord, position us in our faith so that we'll do that. Maybe starting in a small way with our children and with our neighbors and the odd word with coworkers. But, Lord, we want to be a moving, breathing manifestation of you on earth and say, your kingdom come on earth wherever my foot goes, wherever I tread my foot, wherever I am, wherever I... I speak here and everywhere I go after here, let it be. That's what, train me to be that and do that. That's what this is about. So leave behind the old paradigms. Step in to being the church. Sir, there's lots going through your hearts right now. 
you know, just as that service went on, God reminded me of a couple things, and one of them was a proverb. Words carry the power of life and death, and God is calling us to account. And he's saying, will we be a people who speaks life? And today we choose to say yes to that, amen? We choose to say yes to that. You know, the second thing that I feel God is saying right now is I don't know if you felt it, but I felt a sense of urgency today. A sense of urgency. And again, we watched a video once in our church, and, and a guy was sharing a testimony about if a kid was in the middle of a road about to get hit, we'd go and save him no matter what. And it probably would probably look a little ugly, right? It probably would. But we would do whatever it takes. And I feel the Lord saying that same urgency is upon us, is we have a world right now that just needs him. And it may not look pretty, but that doesn't matter. What matters is we actually start to take that step. Well, let's uh, welcome Pastor Mark. Now, I'm going to show you a video right away. It's, uh, it's almost 10 minutes long, and so I'm not going to have a long message. But part of my message, I want to tie it into uh, what happened this week. Now, just to, for a background, uh, I was supposed to be in, uh, in Kelowna and in Vancouver last night and Friday night. But when I was on a conference call last week, we were t- or a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this event that was coming up in Kansas City. And it was the Chinese gatherings, uh, the movement of the Chinese leaders who are actually wanting to influence the U.S., feel like it's time to birth some of the DNA of what happened in Canada, was started in Canada 25 uh, 30 years ago, was it? Yeah, almost 30 years, 1990. Uh, started here in, uh, in Canada, went to, uh, to China, and the Chinese have sort of grabbed a hold of the DNA of this model and this revelation of the kingdom of God that uh, I, I can't explain today. Anyway, there was this event that was hosted at Kansas City this week. So Mike Bickle, who is the leader of Kansas City House of Prayer, you know, IHOP, and uh, he invited this group in. Now, what we didn't know is this, is that 35 years ago, 30, he was given a prophetic promise that their greatest connection in the world was going to be with Asia, with the Chinese. And he's been waiting for 35 years for that prophetic word to be fulfilled. So unbeknownst to the, the Chinese leaders and David Demian, when they asked him, you know, we want to bring a thousand Chinese from mainland China and Hong Kong and Macau and, you know, the nations of Asia to IHOP for this event. Would you let us or would you host this thing? He, he, he didn't know the convergence of destinies here. But guess what they called the event? Convergence without even knowing that. And so it was a week of convergence. And it was a week, I mean, I went there out of obedience because the Lord said, go to this. And I had to, I had to say to these people that had already said, you know, I said, would you release me from the commitment of coming to Kelowna? And they said, yeah, that's no problem. Some things aren't working out, uh, so you go. And when I got down there, I was, I was the only Canadian leader outside of, uh, that wasn't Chinese, outside of David Demian, who, who went. You know, I thought there was going to be a whole bunch of us representing the uh, uh, the global council is what we call that group. And uh, I was the only guy. So it was like, uh, okay. And, but as it unfolded, I thought, thank you, Jesus, that I got to be here to witness this. Now, we have a segment of uh, of our church that has been very enthusiastic 
about um, what Kansas City has represented in the earth for a long time. And they've been going back and forth and praying. And Derek is a significant part of the, the house of prayer here in Edmonton with Jim Hall. And I mean, there, there's a great stuff going on. But these two families, like, you know, really the family that is IHOP and the family that is the global gatherings or it comes under different banners because each country that's in, you know, walking in this DNA is calling it different things. You know, family journey, they're calling it in Taiwan. Homecoming is what they're calling it in China. In Canada, it was called the gatherings. Um, but the, the model, the DNA of it is about the family of God. So this message came this week to IHOP. And, you know, they, of their own accord, said, this thing has wrecked us. This thing has wrecked us. And, I mean, their response in the, on stage over there, I mean, they've got, they've got I don't know how, many, how big their audience is. It's massive. Not only churches of uh, houses of prayer all over the world, but their, their, their feed, you know, uh, online and the rest of that. Is, is, I mean, it's touching the whole world. And so they're on the stage talking about this stuff. And in the private meetings that we're having as with the leaders, um, and, and one particular occasion, one of the key leaders, I won't even say who it is, one of the key, key, key leaders, a woman, got up and said, and she wept. She just said, I want this. Actually, I'll, and she said, I want what this is. You guys are oozing with, with this lo- love that I, that I want. I want to have what it is you have. And, uh, and the Chinese women gathered around her, as they often do at gatherings, because they, they're, they're like laborers, you know, spiritual, uh, you know, midwives. Yeah, midwives bringing things, you know, into, into being, birthing things. And they got around her, and she entered into a travail. Well, later that night, the same thing happened on the stage, for those of you that were watching. And later on, Mike Bickle says, 41 years I've been with this woman. I have never heard that sound ever come out of her. That is really cool. So, uh, so God is actually merging together. We had a prophetic word uh, a few months back, several times, about significant movements in the earth merging. So I want you to get this prophetic picture that YWAM, uh, the gatherings and the houses of prayer, these are, these are not small movements. I mean, I think there's 50,000 global missionaries as a part of YWAM. And these movements are merging together. You know when rivers start to blend? You know what, what condition allows rivers to blend? Flooding. When the water levels start to flow and those rivers overflow their banks, then they begin to merge. And you can't then begin to tell the one from the other. That is what merging actually is. And so there's a, there's a work of God that's happening in the earth where the spiritual DNA of different movements is cross-pollinating with other movements. And those movements are merging to one another. That we're, rele- we're re- releasing and receiving our mutual strengths, our mutual DNA to create something that has never been before. I'm telling you, this happened on a scale that's absolutely awesome. Uh, Derek showed me a, a text this morning from one of the, the uh, house of prayer leaders and said he's watching the leadership of IHOP this morning. And basically, he said, I've never seen them like this. They have been wrecked by what happened this week. I mean, wrecked in a good way, because God has opened up. You know, sometimes you think, well, I know we don't have everything, but we, we, we mostly have everything. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, if there was something else to be had, wouldn't we, wouldn't we know about it? 
right? I mean, that's the subtle thing in the back of our heads sometimes. Like, you know, I've been around the church 40 years. If there's anything new, there's nothing new under the sun, you know, uh, right? You know, we find all these justifications for believing that we have, you know, we couldn't say everything. That would just be too arrogant. But we have most of everything we need. Well, I'll tell you what, God is wrecking us. He's saying, listen, uh, as these movements merge, we're going to get something we've never seen. There is more in heaven waiting to come down, more deposited in seeds that lays dormant still in the ground of the earth, and it's coming forth. Intercession, groaning, contending, dance, prophetic action. Like our guys this morning, when they came in, they started doing that. They were, they were manifesting a contending for something in the natural. We think, well, do I have to do that? No, but you know, when you actually step out and, and it makes something more real when you actually have to, and that's what the prophetic is, it's manifesting the unseen. They were manifesting the unseen and we need to be, become unembarrassed about that. If this stuff is real and it's really happening, then you know, it doesn't matter that others don't understand it, it's real. And the question is for us is how real is it to me? Is it real enough that I can act on it or am I still like, hmm, Hallelujah. Well, Father, we want to pray. We want to say, Lord, your kingdom come. We want to say, Lord, do in us what you need to do. God, that uh, we would be unreserved uh, as it pertains to your kingdom. That, Father, all of the lines we have drawn in the sand to say how we will allow ourselves to be defined. All the ways in which we've said this is too bizarre or that's too weird or that that is not genuine or that's not authentic. Father, we, we, we lay it all down. And we want to say, Lord, we want to be yours. We want to be your expression. And so, Lord, uh, remove from us the reluctance to respond in any way that we ought to respond as your children. Lord, I pray, God, that you would set us free from our own ideas of what humility looks like, our own ideas of what zeal looks like, our own ideas of what dignity looks like. God, we want to follow hard after you. And whether that means being like Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, or whether that means being like the centurion, or whether that means being like the woman with the issue of blood, or that means being like Peter, or whether that means being like the four friends who brought the paraplegic through the roof, God, we want to contend for you and run hard after you and seek you in a way that is appropriate to who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So part of the reason why I wanted to show this was to give you a sense of which direction the global church is going in terms of what the worship of the future is going to look like. And and, you know, the, the difficulty here, and I, I'm, I'm probably going to talk about something I wasn't even intending to talk about. The thing that we have here is when you look at somebody doing something that you can't see yourself doing, and if that thing that they're doing is, is legitimate, how do you get from here to there, right? You know, you, you watch that guy in his area, he's, he's weeping. Okay, so you're probably thinking from your standpoint, yeah, not me. You know, what is it going to take for you to seek the Lord with, a, with a, a, that kind of weeping. And, and my wife said to me, I've only seen you really weep one time. <laughs> I've done it other times. She just hasn't been around. But it was when my mom died at her, her funeral. So there, you know, there's some things that don't come natural to me. 
So how do I get here to there? If the Lord, you know, because we are commanded to seek him in with a variety of expressions that aren't necessarily comfortable. It says to dance, make a joyful sound, clap your hands, lift your hands, exalt him. And one of the words for praise means to be clamorously foolish. Okay, so if the Holy Spirit is saying to you here, all you intellectual types, right, the most reserved among us, be clamorously foolish, which of you could do that and which of you could not? Well, it's easy to say, well, God wouldn't ask me. He respects my autonomy. (laughs) Sure he does, but he respects himself more. And there are certain things that his glory demands. You know, in heaven... There's no option to not respond to the glory because you, you are incapable in heaven of not responding because it's poured out. What we have here on earth is voluntary response. But we're rapidly coming to a time when there's no more room for voluntary response. And like the song of Brian Dirksen, the greatest reward is for those who do it now. And so our journey is laying down the little altars that we've made unto ourselves this far and no further. I, I, I will do, I'll clap my hands. I'll occasionally lift my hands. I'll sway back and forth as long as nobody's looking, but I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to go to the front. Certainly not going to pound a stick. I'm certainly not going to, you know, get rid of all of the I will nots because when you are a servant of the Lord, he decides. And that's what this is ultimately about. Who is deciding how far we go Who is deciding what worship is going to look like? It should be his glory deciding for us. But here's the thing, right? It still comes down to this issue. What if if I just don't have the capacity to be there? What do I do then? Right? Like, you know, you want me to weep? I can't. You know, you want me to crocodile tears? You want me to stand up here? You know, so I feel like a phony. I am phony. It's not real. So how do I... Get to the place where I desire God so much that I can do that. Is that, well, let's say it is necessary. Because somebody said, you know, what if it's not necessary? (laughs) Let's say it is. We'll conquer that. Is it necessary some other time? But how do you get from here to there? This is the issue. This is the real question. This is the real challenge for us. Do our hearts desire him? Because as the man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the reason why certain expressions are hard for us to walk out is because it's not really who we are. Hmm. So we're like, okay, God, change my heart then. And he said, that's what I want to do. That's what I'm doing. That's the process I'm doing. I'm trying to change your heart so that you, you want me so bad that you're willing to sacrifice certain ideas of yourself, lay them down, and pursue me. So I remember back when Dick Eastman was teaching, I've shared this before, was Dick Eastman was teaching us about intercession. He was teaching us about Romans 8 intercession. And I won't turn to it, but, you know, go and read it. Romans 8, it talks about groanings, which are too deep for words. So it says that creation is groaning for something. Creation is longing in a birth process, right? In labor for something to happen that's global in its nature, that's eternal in its significance. But then Paul says, but not only creation, but we also groan within ourselves. And he said it twice. He said it in Romans 8 and said it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And so Dick Eastman is teaching about this, about a birthing kind of intercession. Now, this is back in 1982. I'm a brand new Christian. You know, I've been saved like, uh, you know, come back to the Lord in less than a year. And I'm there and, 
And I'm thinking, okay, well, I, I can't argue with the teaching. I believe it's right, resonates with my spirit. But we, we went to do it, and I couldn't do it. You know, I, I just couldn't. I thought, uh, I don't feel anything. I don't know anything. I, I don't want to fake it. So we're, we're sitting there, and I, some people all around me are groaning. And I thought, I tried for a second to groan, but I felt like a complete, pardon me, idiot. I just felt like foolish. I was embarrassed. I, I thought, I, you know, this is just too out there for me. Did I, did I believe that it was valid? Yes. I just couldn't enter into it. That's very different than saying it's not valid, okay? Some of us have to get past the place of answering the question whether it's valid or not. I was already in the place. No, I believe it's valid. It's clear from Scripture it's valid. You know, Paul said it in two times. I mean, he said, we ourselves, we do this, you know? So I teach and I say, you all groan. You just don't know all, all know that you groan. There's something inside you that groans, yearns, desires for the kingdom of God. You just haven't been able to give full expression to it. And so the question was then, well, and I, I didn't even know how to ask the question. I didn't even know the question needed to be asked. But how do I get there? I thought, well, I just... Maybe this just isn't for me. That's what I decided at the moment. And I've shared something about that before. I wasn't writing it off, but I wasn't going to try to pretend I could do something that I couldn't. So we come back to this place of the gap between what we know we ought to be and what we actually are. This is, in every area of your Christian life, this is the big issue. How do I get from here to there? How do, how do I change that? So I'm, I'm looking at people here, and they're seeking the Lord with weeping. Now, how real or what would happen to happen experientially for you to have a moment that's so real that you would be unafraid or unashamed or so desperate that you would weep and cry and clamor for God? Or is the disconnect so great that, well, I'm here, I believe in God, but everything for me is intellectually interpreted. It's distant. I believe I'm going to go to heaven, but I can't touch anything in the moment that's reflective of this eternal reality. And so I'll just opt out of it, and maybe someday it's going to happen for me. Maybe someday I'll feel like crying. <laughs> that's not the right posture. The posture is, okay, God, what do I need to do now? Because actually, God's not going to force something on you that you don't want. You have to demonstrate at some level that you want it. Baby steps. So he's saying to you, okay, respond. Now, I see people all the time trapped in a certain existence, a certain spiritual sphere, and they sort of decide at some point, well, this is all there is for me. And I say, no, that's not all there is for you. The reality is there are seeds that you need to bring into your life and obey in order to get you to that place. What are those baby steps between here and there? And I've shared them with you again and again and again. You know what the first one is? Open your mouth. Speak. Speak. Declare what the Word says and speak what it is you want. Speak what the Word says about you, even if that reality isn't immediately before you. I mean, it's a very simple thing. The principle behind that is in James. And James says, uh, the tongue is a rudder. Rudder. Right? It turns any, any ship which way it's going to go. That's an important principle for you to understand, because if you're saying, I want to be where God wants me to be, then God is saying, listen, I've given you a rudder. Get there. Use your rudder. Yeah, but I don't want to. I, I feel embarrassed when I do that. Okay, well, then you, 
It's laid out for you. You are laying some, each time you are forced to say something and you feel self-conscious about it, you are laying something of yourself down. That's not unimportant. That's critical. That's the baby step. You keep saying, God, I want more of you, but you're unwilling to lay down any of your own life. You know, because each time you do something that's awkward and embarrassing for you, you're saying, I choose you. I know what I want, right? What did Jesus say in the garden? Not my will, but yours be done. His whole life was that. Why should it be any different for us? And this is what he tried to say. Listen, I've given you a path. I've given you the means to get from here to there. And it start, And every step along the way is going to be embarrassing. Get used to it. Because you have to deny yourself. Now, Lord, I will deny myself in ways that are compatible with myself. Thank you. Are we listening to ourselves? Right? I'm going to do what feels good to me. That's the polar opposite of what you said it is you're doing. Right? The path is laying your life down. You know, and we keep waiting, and we keep waiting. And we, God, when are you going to do this thing in my life so that I can have more of you? And he said, lay your life down. Lay your life down, lay your life down, lay your life down, lay your life down, lay your life. Well, I'm coming to church. That's a great first step. That's excellent. That's great. Now, humble yourself. Do what I want instead of what you want. Years ago, and I, I won't mention whose name it is, but he's sitting right over there. We were in a Wednesday night meeting, and I was talking about, about the difference between doing something and doing something with your whole heart. And I was explaining how a part of our issue is we don't know how to live. We don't know how to do things with our whole heart. And so a part of the journey is God is bringing the bandwidth of your heart online so that when you say, praise the Lord, you're saying it not out of the simple bandwidth of, of necessity or command, but you're actually you're praising the Lord when you're doing it. Let me break that down for a second. We can say the right things. It's like at the beginning today, we were singing that song. What was it saying? It said something about, oh yeah, we pour out our, we pour out our lives, we pour out our lives. And I'm thinking, we're not pouring out our lives. We're not near warmed up for that, <laughs> right? So what we're doing is we're singing those songs, but there's very little in the body language or, or the reality of what we're doing, we're not really even fully invested. Pouring out yourself to the Lord is an investment you're making that's an all-in kind of thing. You know, and why I showed you the Chinese is they have, they have laid hold of something that they're willing, they're all in. I mean, when they worship, they're all in. And when somebody says, you know, the dancers, whatever the dancers are doing, they're doing. It's so cool to watch them because the dancers are doing something. They're not, they're not sitting there, yeah, I'll do it when I'm good and ready. Nobody's going to lead me around by the nose. They're just, oh, we want more of God. And so we're going to, I mean, do you think if there would be anybody, any group of people who were, who were against being coerced and forced to do something they don't want to do, it would be the Chinese, right? Because they have lived their lives not doing what the government's trying to tell them to do. And yet, when it comes to the kingdom, they are all in. There's, there's, there's a defiance deep down inside, a commitment to what feels good to me, a commitment to what I'm comfortable with, a commitment to me not being embarrassed, a commitment to me not revealing those parts of my heart that are not fully in. I, I don't want to do that. And so when I was talking about the capacity to be able to worship God with all your heart, I said, let's cry out to the Lord with, or, you know, I said, we don't even know how to cry out to the Lord with all our hearts. And then this young man 
bless his heart, made a valiant effort in that poor, Jesus! And it was like, he realized halfway through his cry that it was, it had volume, but not the fullness of heart that would be equivalent to volume. And so a lot of us are waiting, and the reason why we don't do things that we're being told to do is because we don't know, we don't think we can do it in a way that would get the approval of others or even ourselves. And so we're waiting to cross over. And I'm saying you won't cross over if you keep waiting. You have to just do it in the incomplete, imperfect way, half-hearted way. A half-hearted cry to the Lord is better than no cry at all. Why? Because when you cry out to the Lord and you realize you're not all in and there's this divergence inside of you, something of what needs to be happened is being brought forward. It's being manifest. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What you're getting is a glimpse of your own heart in that moment. That's why you're embarrassed. And so the decision, well, I'm never going to do that again, is counterintuitive to being all in. But we've been told in this culture, yeah, just worship God in a way that's comfortable to you. No! Have you read the Bible? God is not asking you to worship in a way that's comfortable to you. He's saying, give me the glory, do my name. I'm thinking, give you the glory, do your name. That is, that is a lifelong journey. I have to know the glory, do your name, to give you the glory, do your name. And I only see in part and know in part, but I'm trying to live up to even the part that I know right now. So I'm doing whatever. This is what David did, right? He's, he's, he's worshiping God with all his strength. He's looking like a fool to his wife, but to the rest of the country, like, Look at the heart. Look at this man worshiping God. And he says, he said, how is it you didn't understand, dear wife, that I was doing this to the Lord? He, he knew that I need to give him glory. And he says, I don't know how to make myself more undignified than this, but I'm going to do that. Because I am going to make myself low because part of worship is you not competing for dignity. So what are we doing each time we preserve our dignity in a worship environment. Are we doing what David did or what his wife did? I think it's pretty obvious, right? Well, how far is this going to go? Further. Further than you and I know. But here's, here's what's happening. Each time I lay my life down, something dies to give an opportunity for something else to resurrect. Each act of obedience, I'm wearing away. You know, even if, even if, you know, millimeter or sub-millimeter, by, you know, I am wearing away. My obedience matters each time you come here. Well, you know, do we really have to do this again? We did this last week. Man, you keep asking us to lay down our lives. We did this last week, but... Man, we're probably going to have to do it next week. I'm taking this week off. doesn't end. It's like, I want to be a great guitar player, but do I have to practice like every day? How badly do you want to be a guitar player? Like this, here's the thing. God is going to have a people uniquely, profoundly devoted to his name. <laughs> without borders, without restraint, 
A generation is going to rise up and say, I delight to do your will, O God. Well, when the time comes, that'll be me. No, it won't, unless you act now. Because you play like you practice. And if you practice holding back, when the moment comes to do what's necessary, you will do what you've always done. Why? Because you won't know the significance of this moment versus any other moment. You will do what you always do because you will have trained yourself to do what you always do. And in so doing, you have, you have, you have hardened yourself to the impulse of doing what God wants you to do so that when it's important to do it, you won't know the sense of importance because you will spend all your life listening to another voice that says, guard your dignity, protect your image, don't look foolish. This is the trajectory, and every day we are making a choice. Every moment. You look at that and think, man, I just can't see myself weeping and reaching out to the Lord. What are they doing? Like, what's this about? I can't see the point of that. Because you're missing out on what's there. What they're reaching into is real. What they're experiencing is real. It's available to you. I want to know that God, I want to interact with God in such a real way that He's able to touch the full of me, and I'm able to release all of who I am to Him. So, whatever those things are, and I, I'm not deciding for you, let the Holy Spirit show them. What are the ways that I've, de- what are the ways in my life that I'm not giving glory to the Lord, that I'm giving glory for me, to me? I'm protecting my dignity rather than putting Him first. What are the ways that we are doing that? That's the question you need to start asking, saying, God, I'm willing I, I don't know how to get from here to there, but I'm, I'm going to unravel this first thing. This first thing, this simple little thing, opening my mouth, speaking, worshiping. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go in that direction. That's what we're doing. So, Father, today, oh, Lord, we don't want to be left behind. We don't want to be like David's wife. We want to be a, like David, a man after your own heart. We want to be a part of that army, Lord, that creates a resting place for you. We want to be able to cry with all of our being, Here, O oh Lord, have I, have I created a resting place? Here, O oh Lord, I wait for you alone. Lord, we will do what's necessary We are here. We are at your command. The pride that keeps us. Lord, I want you to do something that will prove to all my friends that I'm not a complete idiot. I want want this to be validated in such a way that I don't have to feel embarrassed. All those desires, lay them down. They're the things. That's what, you're, that's what you're looking at. That's what you're focused on. That's what you're pursuing. And God is saying, I'm here. I'm right here. Seek me. There's more of me to be found. If you have to go, feel free to go now. We're just going to spend some time.
the context of this song is from Isaiah where he said, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where's the house that you can build for me? What building can you make of mortar and sand and stone and wood that can contain me? Because what he's saying is I want to to dwell in the hearts of a people that I have created for myself a sanctuary in you. Incline yourself to be the resting place, a people that I can come upon. And so, Lord, we want to be that people. Now, this is not, this is not something we're going to fix in one moment. But there's a continuous repentance on our part that's happening. And I mean our. I'm not talking about you versus me that I have this together. Because the reality is in each in our own sphere, God is trying to lengthen the cords of our heart and enable us to step into something greater. And the same question that you would ask about yourselves, I ask about myself. When I see others that heaven responds to beyond what it responds to me, and I say, God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to get that kind of response from heaven? This is all of us. And it's because we here are called to release a sound that welcomes the heavenly Father, that welcomes him to come. It causes him to not want to stay. You know, he gives his presence in increments. And we're saying, God, what can we do that will cause you to release more of yourself to us? And then when we have more, what can we do yet, Lord, so that you would release more of yourself to us? And then what can we do yet, Lord, that you could release more of yourself? Not our will, but yours be done. You are worthy of all of our praise and all the glory and all the honor. So, Lord, we say that every place that we have reserved for ourselves, every way that we have been willing to protect our own honor, every way that we have used to to pull a bit of glory towards us, to take credit, to seek a higher place, to, to wear a crown, to to occupy what is reserved for you and you alone. Lord, when we sought the praises of men, when 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 we said, where is my honor? When will they acknowledge me? When will they praise me? When, uh, when will I get an important role? When will I get an important place here? All the inclination to seek our own lives, Lord, we want to lay it down. So, Father, we want to say today, As we close this morning, we say, make this a lifestyle choice that we're making. Lord, and help us to know the moments of your visitation. God, may we be practiced in responding to you in the little moments so that we don't miss a big moment. Lord, Jerusalem missed a big moment. But before that, they missed many, many, many small moments. 
I don't want to miss any more small moments in my life. Lord, I don't want to miss any more small moments in my life. I don't want to write off any prayer meeting. I don't want to write off any obedience. I don't want to write off any moment as insignificant, Lord. Oh, God, if you want to linger, feel free to linger. Bless you as you continue to turn your heart toward the Lord.